Welcome to the Harrison Faith Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor Brian Herring. It's our prayer. This message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. Go ahead and turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 4. And uh, as we're diving in, we, you know, Easter was just a few weeks away. And in fact, two weeks away. And as we finished up Easter... We came in last week, and Pastor Aaron did a great job, and if you didn't hear the, the sermon, you need to go back and listen to it. He says, you know, it's just a season, and seasons don't last. And so if you're in a season, and you're going through a hard time, you're going through trouble, you got to remember, what a great word. If you don't get anything else, it's just a season, and seasons don't last. And uh, after he was going through, I, I knew what I kind of was headed towards as far as a sermon series. I wanted to talk about this idea of the proclamation, the, what the gospel doing, how the, how the gospel was proclaimed after Jesus died and rose again, and what happened. So we go through the book of Acts, and you find out many times their whole thing is about changing a concept of what people believed in forever. For, you know, here they are, they're, they're used to taking sacrifices to the temple, they're used to... Uh, bringing, uh, going before the priest for forgiveness, and now everything has changed. Jesus has come, he's become the perfect lamb, and he became his own scapegoat, and so now they're preaching a new gospel, and for everybody, it seems like a heresy. It seems like just something that just unthought of, and so Jesus' word is being preached throughout the place, and people's lives are being changed, and the reason why it's being changed is because there is such a power behind what these disciples and what these believers and these Christ followers uh, are followers of the way are saying. They speak with such conviction. And not only do they speak with such, such conviction, but there are literally signs and wonders following these guys that they can't help but believe. And so uh, we, we come in Acts chapter 4 where they're healing a crippled man, and all, all of a sudden all this disturbance comes up about what's going on. And, and so that this, is, this is a significant moment where the disciples, once again, get to proclaim and say exactly what they believe. And as they, get, try, to get, as they try to shut them down, it's too late. And over 5,000 people believe that day. It's an incredible story that we're diving into today. Uh, so the title today, if you're writing titles, if you're a good note taker, just write in this, How to Change the World. Because this is what they did. If you think about it. These men went and proclaimed. In fact, there's a place in the scripture in Acts that says, where are these men that turn the world upside down? Because everywhere they would go, it would change and challenge people's uh, theology and philosophy and and their idea of who God is and who God was to them. And and they were trying to put it out. And the more they tried to put it out, and the more they tried to stop the gospel from going forth, the greater and faster it went. And so you find out that in spite of persecution in opposition, the early church was so powerful in their proclamation of Christ. Uh, they experienced a lot of persecution, but with the Holy Spirit's power, they were able to speak with great boldness. Great boldness. You know what I would pray today is that we would speak with great boldness. Great boldness of our faith, not great boldness of our American heritage. And I'm proud to be an American. I'm proud. In fact, we will celebrate every 4th of July, every Memorial Day. Every, we will always honor our soldiers and those who have served to give us that freedom. We will, we will do everything we can to, to show honor for that because I believe in that. I'm, I'm, I am that, but that is not my belief. I'm a follower of Christ first. And so what I want to put forth more than anything is my boldness in Christ. And it seems that we get loud about other things. Well, 
let's just be honest, we get loud on social media. We don't always get loud in person. What would happen if instead of sharing a meme, and I'm glad you share all those memes. It's wonderful. Some of them are funny. Some of them are not. Some of them are offensive, but who cares? <laughs> Evidently, you don't. Uh, anyway, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I, I don't know why I said that. I'm the real pastor. Nobody else is showing up next week. This is it. It doesn't get better. <laughs> uh, so thanks. <laughs> so here it is. You, this idea we, we don't share, but what would happen if we had boldness to really speak about our faith in front of people? That we weren't scared because there was such a great boldness empowered by the Holy Spirit that caused us to say, I can't be quiet about this. I can't shut up about this. Even if I wanted to be, there's something rises up on me that won't let me stay quiet about what my belief is. And so in Acts chapter 4, we dive in in verse 1, and we're going to go through verse 14, maybe a little beyond. We'll, we'll, we'll hit some other scriptures. It says this in verse 1, while Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were counted, uh, confronted by the priest and the captain of the temple, guard, and some of the Sadducees. And it's interesting, not everyone's happy when Jesus shows up. You would think that they would be, but not everybody is. He disrupted what they were doing, and it changes things. This is more than just about change. This is about changing the way we do it and changing our benefit from what we're doing. It, it challenged them because it was taking away uh, from, from years of what they've been building. Verse these leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there was resurrection of the dead. But they, let's see, so they arrested them, and since uh, it was already evening, they put them into jail until morning. But many of the people who had already heard the message believed, so the number of men totaled 5,000. The next day, the council and all the rulers of the elders and the teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem, and Ananias, the high priest, was there, along with uh, Tavius, John, Alexandra, and other relative, uh, uh, relatives of the high priest. And they brought the two disciples and demanded... By what power or whose name have you done this? And then full of the Holy Spirit began to talk to them. The very first thing, if you're taking notes, you want to write this. The church that changes the world is full of the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of times we're full of a lot of things. <laughs> I've been accused of that. But what happens if we're full of the Holy Spirit? What happens when you're full of the Holy Spirit? Because they were full of the Holy Spirit, they didn't cave under pressure. There was something inside of them that was so strong and so convicting that they could not cave even though there was pressure around them, even though there was a tendency to back off what they believed, even though there was all of the stuff surrounding them to have them put back. And the Holy Spirit gives you boldness. Boldness that you yourself may not have, and I've seen that. Have you ever has, had just such an unction you just had to share with somebody? You could not stop, and we've had that with people. We've had people come and just say, hey, I just feel the need, I need to, to share this, and, and they just, with tears in their eyes, begin to share, trembling even, because that's not what they do. <laughs> but there's something about when the Holy Spirit comes forth and fills you that you begin to speak the truth with great boldness. I'm, I'm just wondering what would happen if we as a church 
began to really seek God to a place where we were full of the Holy Spirit that we could not stay quiet about this gospel. I don't believe that this, this church would be full. And though it's filling up and God's blessing and we're having more people come every week, man, I'm thankful for that. In fact, we're, we talk all the time whether we have to start two services as we're coming back or not, and it's a constant conversation, which is a great conversation. But I believe this, if God's people really rose up full of the Holy Spirit and spoke with great boldness, there would be such a conviction in our, our, our city and in such a great city, uh, uh, conviction in our world that, that many churches would be full to overflowing. There's a tendency, for whatever reason, for us to hold back. We don't want to offend. Uh, we don't want to confront. And it, it, it's amazing because we have two personalities, our online personality that says whatever we want, shares everything, and then our upfront personality, the people we meet every day. And that person's always really nice for the moment you're in front of them. <laughs> you know? And they're always cordial. But what happens if, not to... Don't misunderstand this. This boldness is not about rudeness. This wasn't a in-your-face, make-you-feel-bad-and-tear-you-down boldness. This was a boldness that I'm speaking with such great uh, uh, confidence and such great authority, not my authority, but the authority that comes from God that, that I'm compelled because I can tell the truth that I know what I believe. In fact, I know in whom I have believed and that he is able to do more. I know that because there's something so powerful and convicting on the inside that I have to share it with you. I'm compelled to share it with you and that there's nothing you can tell me to shake my faith. And so people began to listen to this. In fact, the fact that they healed the crippled man, there was such outstanding and convicting proof right there by the healing that had just happened. They couldn't even argue with them. In fact, they were worried that if they argued with them too long, we're going to find out that they had to stop because they thought they would start a riot. <laughs> because people were buying in and believing what these disciples were saying because they were full of the Holy Spirit, speaking with great boldness, and not in the way that it's in your face, rude, let me just say whatever I can to shame you. This wasn't about that. This was about telling people that there's... Do you know what the world needs more than anything right now? Hope. They need hope, an eternal hope that is greater than, than, than a, a temporary payout by the government. They need hope that is beyond monetary uh, giving. They need a hope that is beyond just a moment of feel good. They need a hope that lasts beyond this world and into the next. They need the hope that only comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if we know that, and that is the truth that we proclaim, how can we keep it to ourselves? How can we sit back and so quietly just sit there and just come to service and, and leave every week? And it's why it's so important that we get our, our kids and our youth into, to programs that are youth and, and children-oriented and why we've been pushing the importance of being discipled so much. And, and let me just say thank you for a minute for all the parents who have been showing up the last few weeks. Uh, I heard we had a great crowd. I was not feeling well Sunday, uh, Wednesday, and I heard we had great groups that showed up. Man, thank you for getting your kids and disciples in girls' ministry and Awanas and in youth and, in, and, 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 and coming yourself to adult ministries and being involved. Man, that's powerful. Thank you so much because we need you and your family to be discipled so that you can proclaim this great gospel with great boldness. So that everyone would come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. So here's the deal. Did the Holy Spirit flow through you or, with, or through us with great boldness? Because that is what I believe that God wants to do. 
They go on and they begin to say this. It says, rulers and elders of our people, are we questioned today because we have done a good deed for this crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? I love this because this is where great boldness comes in. Let me clearly state to all of you people, to all the people of Israel, that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Man, what a powerful statement. Here he is proclaiming to the very people. I know that you're the one who crucified him. But let me tell you how this man was healed. He was healed by the powerful name, the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, who you crucified. Because you didn't believe, but you still served a purpose in this gospel. For if he had not died, he could not have rose again for our sins. You have a, 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 a portion uh, to understand that, that, that this man that you crucified is really the one that was sent from heaven for your sins and for my sins. That it's not too late to turn away. Verse 11, for Jesus is the one who referred, referred to scriptures in the, uh, in the scriptures where it says, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. You want to change the world? We change the world. The way to change the world is have a clear understanding about what you believe. You don't think there's been a better time than this. Let me tell you, when has there ever been a better season, a better time to know what you believe than this? People are challenging what we proclaim, this gospel, on a regular basis. We're being challenged on social media. We're being challenged in the news. We're being challenged uh, in person constantly about this gospel that we say we believe in. And most of us, out of fear, again, I don't, don't let me put my finger on you, my pressure on you, but, but, but most of us, out of fear of, of lack of knowledge, pull away and pull back from the conversation versus engaging, and so therefore people walk away feeling like, see, there's nothing to this. That's why it's so important that we tied into life groups, we get tied into discipleship, that we understand what we believe, that we have great knowledge about what we believe, that we understand this gospel, because we are going to be challenged on a regular basis, and only you can determine what you believe. In fact, it was left to you. It's a freedom of choice. And so you need to know what you believe so that you can clearly state, and so in this 2021 era, era with everything going on in the world, how many of us are ready to boldly proclaim with great clarity what we believe. See, the only thing that's going to change this world is, is, a, is when believers come together full of the Holy Spirit with great boldness, can speak God's word and what they believe with great clarity. Clear understanding about what they believe. Because crisis brings clarity. Nothing sums up what you believe more than when you're in trouble. Some people who don't believe, it's amazing that when you don't believe, when you're in trouble, you cry out to God. Some of you are in this place today because there's things going on in your life that is under great tribulation, great problems, great trials, and because of that, you're crying out to God. You're saying, God, I'm going to give you one more chance. And man, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Some of us 
are, uh, uh, we, we, we have kind of this form of, of godliness. We come to church, but we don't really get serious and dive into everything that we need to dive into or really start reading our word on our own and really have a personal relationship until it gets desperate. Because there's something about it that draws us near when we go through trials. There's no other name. There's no other opinion. There's no other option but Christ. In fact, they can say you can try everything else, but what we've learned and what we've gone through and everything that we've understanding is that there's no other name by which you can be saved. There's no other name. It's not Buddha. It's not, uh, it's not find your own pathway to, to, to God. It's not that. There's only one way. And we must, listen, church, if you don't hear anything else, we must be clear and be absolute in our understanding that there really is no other way to heaven that man can be saved but through the mighty name of Jesus Christ. There is no other. You must believe on him and that he died and rose again. There is no other way. We find salvation in belief in Jesus Christ. In fact, there's no other hope. So here it is. Are you sure about what you believe? Are we convinced of our conviction even in difficult situations or because of difficult situations? Are you convinced about what you believe? And if you're not, what's it going to take? What's it going to happen for you to get to the place where you're convinced about what you believe? Because that's what's going to change the world. Verse 13, it says, The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of And they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training. In fact, one says uneducated men. <laughs> and they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. What changes the world? Spending time with Jesus. It takes more than just a knowledge. You need to spend time in his presence. Here's what I, I really learned about characters and about who we are believers. When we came out, oh, thank you. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, thank you, Caleb. Here's what I've learned about people when we've come out of this pandemic. Is people came out of this pandemic, and you could, you could definitely tell who they spent time with. You can tell if someone came out of nine months of lockdown and they've been spending time with Jesus or they've just been spending time with their family or they've been spending time with fear or they've been spending time with doubt or they've been spending time with worry or they've been spending time with anxiety or they've been spending time you know, with all these other things. Have you been spending time with Jesus or have you been spending time with your worst nightmare? And you can tell that because when you come out, the way you respond, the way you interact with people tells a lot about who you've been spending time with. If we've walked out of this pandemic and, and, and we walk out and we're afraid of everything, you've been spending time with fear. There are people that had spent this time and they pulled away and they said, Lord, thank you for this time. And I believe that our prayer, our little prayer warriors, man, praise God for them. They pulled away and said, God, use this for your good. 
Use this to turn families back to you. Lord, use this time to bring Johnny back to, to Jesus. Use this time to, to, to touch so-and-so. Use this time. God, and they just hunkered away. When they come out, they couldn't wait to spend time and share what God has been doing. But every one of us had pulled away, and at some point we have to realize, what have we been spending time with? When you come out, when you started getting out, in fact, did people enjoy your presence when you came out? When you came out? Have you been, could they tell you've been with Jesus, or they wonder who in the world you've been with so that they wouldn't hang around with them? That's right. Don't amen. That's understanding. That's a woe-me kind of situation. I just wonder who we've been spending time with. As the church, as people who are full of Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, full of God, speaking with boldness, understanding the truth, we should come out of this place spending time in his presence and people say, I don't understand everything, but I can tell there's something different about them. That there's something that they've been in the presence of something that I want to be a part of. There's something that resonates from them. There's something about the, the, the way I feel when I'm around them. I don't feel down. I feel encouraged. I feel like there's hope. I feel like I can make it. I feel like I'm not going to just just crash out. I feel like there's hope beyond this moment. There's something about when I'm around them, I can tell there's something different. There's some undeniable proof about them. It goes on to verse 14 and it says, but since they could not, because they could see the man who had been healed standing there among them, there was nothing the council could say. What are you going to say? It's not real. Didn't really happen. Here, here's what you need to understand. People may challenge your belief, but they can never challenge your experience. <laughs> they will never challenge your experience. If you've been with Jesus and God's done something for you, no one can ever challenge your experience. No one can challenge that time when you guys so broken down that you cried in the middle of the night and all of a sudden someone sent you a text and they're never up at 2 in the morning. Why did they send you that text at 2 in the morning? Because God woke them up and they were praying for you. You get that text and you think God is real. No one can take that experience away from you. That time when you, listen, I was sick with asthma, could hardly breathe. My parents were taking me uh, to UT hospital all the time to go all these tests and I'll never forget a group of people praying for me. And I'll never forget the moment where my husband was healed and I didn't have it anymore. It was instant. It was, it was instantaneously. There is no denying it. We have people who've been healed of cancer. We've had people healed of all sorts of things in this church. No one can challenge your experience. Verse 20 goes on. And it says that we cannot stop telling about everything that we have seen and that we have heard. Man, that's what I want. I want to see a church that rises up and that God is moving in their midst amongst the time that they said we cannot stop telling people about everything that we've seen and heard. When's the last time you left a service where you felt like God had moved so powerfully and such a great moment in the altars where you were just praying and all of a sudden tears come to your eyes and God begins to move and you feel the healing power of God. You feel the, you feel the delivering power of God. You feel whatever that moment is that you've been praying for and God comes down and, and, and you just can't wait to tell people about what God has done. Some of us get so excited, we, get to the, to, we go out to eat and we tell the waiter and waitresses about everything that God's done. When's the last time you couldn't help but just share what God's been doing you? See, 
what will we be remembered for? What will it take for us to stand up? C.T. Studd wrote this, and I just think it's so good because it says a lot about our character and who we are. He says, some want to live within the sound of a church or a chapel bell. I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. I'm telling you, when you've been with Jesus, you ought to want to be right at the, at the gates of hell stopping anybody who can get there. You, want, you don't want anybody to miss their opportunity to receive Christ. You want to do whatever you can. We want to load heaven and unload hell. We want to do everything within our power to save all that can be saved. Do you know that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all would come into redemption? Redemption, a nice word for saved, saved from their sin, saved, redeemed because of they've been in sin. Over the next few verses, the council threatens... Uh, what they're going to do is tells them not to say anything, and they said, like, we can't stop from saying everything. And then Peter and John get released, and so they head back to share with all the other believers everything that God just did, even there amongst the council, when they tried to arrest them. And in verse 29, they get together, and they pray the most powerful prayer that I pray that we could pray today. They say this, and now, O Lord, hear their threats, and give us, your servants, great boldness, in preaching your word. <laughs> Stretch out your hand with healing power and may, any, may miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Ooh. What would happen if we prayed that prayer as a church? Now, O oh Lord, hear our prayer and hear their threats against us and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand and heal with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. What would happen if we in church begin to pray that prayer? It would change the world around us. Watch what happens when a world-changing group of believers get together full of the Holy Spirit, clear about what they believe, who has spent time with Jesus. In verse 31, it says, after this prayer, the meeting place was shook. If you're taking notes, you can just write this. The atmosphere changed. The meeting place shook. There was something in the room that changed. It was no longer the same when they began to pray. Why? Because they didn't say it just because it was words on a line in a book. They spoke these words with great power, great authority, and great belief. They spoke them as though they meant these words, and the place and the atmosphere began to change. I want the atmosphere to begin to change in churches. I want the atmosphere to change in our homes. I want the atmosphere to begin to change on our jobs. I want something to begin to change when we're out places. I want the atmosphere to begin to change. Verse 31, it goes on, it says, And they were full of the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. After the atmosphere changed, the people changed. Listen, you're never going to get further with God and what God wants to do in your life if you don't allow you to be changed. God is wanting to do a great work in you. Well, I'm already saved. That's great. Do you know there's more than just salvation? What is God wanting to do in your life? How is God wanting to use you? In what ways have you been used in the past? And For whatever reason, we have no excuse of why we don't allow ourselves to be used anymore. And then he says, and then they preached the word with great boldness. You know what I learned? They were confident. It's their confidence grew. 
There's going to be something in you when you begin to uh, pray and the atmosphere changes and you begin to allow yourself to be changed that all of a sudden you're going to have a confidence in what God is telling you that you've never had before. They were unashamed and unafraid to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ in spite of all the persecution. Remember, Stephen was just stoned. Stoned and, 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 and for, for proclaiming the, the gospel, yet they didn't care what was going to happen to their mortal bodies. They could not stay quiet. They had to say something. We're more worried about what people think than what we say. Listen, I, I don't want to worry about what people are going to say about me. I just want the people to know that there's a Savior who cares about them right where they are and that, that they can have salvation if only they would accept it. Verse 32, it says, And all the believers were united in heart and mind. They came together as one. You can't stop a church with one mind and one that's in unity. You can't stop a group of people that have come together in the presence of God with one mind and one heart. You can't stop it. You can't stop it. What's stopping us? We're all doing our own thing. Stop doing our own thing. We're going to do one thing for the kingdom of God. We're going to work together, and we're going to see people come to know Jesus Christ no matter what the cost. Really, we understand that every soul matters to God and that life is better together. It's some of our core values. We say it all the time because we know that God's not willing that any should perish and that we have to come together in great unity to see God do great works. And he finishes, it says, after they came together, they felt that what they owned was not their own. They shared everything they had. You know what they were? They were unselfish. They had the attitude, it's not about me. It's not about my glory. It's not about what I have. It's about what we can do for the kingdom. If I can help you, here it is. I will tell you, that's one thing I love about this church. If someone's down, immediately someone's saying, how can we help them, Pastor Brian? How can we help them? Or many times they don't even come through us. They just do it. We have a group of people that just rise up and that if you need something, they are immediately over taking care of you, seeing what they can do to help. Because this is a loving church that cares about people. You're in a great place. Here's what I, I, my desire is for everybody today. If you're in this place and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, with all my heart, I want you to understand that there is no other way. There's no other way. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he so loved you, that he gave what was most precious to him, his one, his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. My desire, if you don't know Jesus Christ and you want to, today's the day. Come know him. Then my second desire today is for us as a church to rise up and be world changers. Understanding this, that God is calling you to be full of of the Holy Spirit so that you can speak with great boldness that you would be clear about what you believe that you would spend time in his presence so that you could be a world changer 
I pray that we'd pray this prayer that we just talked about. I pray that we would pray that God would stretch out his hands and change the generation right before us. Let's all stand. I'm going to invite our altar workers to come right now because I want somebody to meet you. I do, with all my heart. Let this be a life-changing moment day for you. Don't let this be church as normal, church as usual. Let this be a life-changing moment for you. If you're here today and you are ready to take the step and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to do what emotionally may seem like a very difficult thing. I want you to take a step out of your pew, and I want you to make it all the way to the front, and I want you to meet with one of these prayer workers, and they're going to lead you in a prayer, and they're going to pray with you. And I believe, I believe this, that your life will never be the same again. And I promise you, you will never regret the decision you're about to make. So I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to make it real easy. So here it is. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to say, if that's you, you come. And when I say that, you, without hesitation, I want you just to not look around. I don't want you to think about it. I just want you to step out and begin to make your way to the front. Let me pray over you. Father, I just pray right now in this building. God, if there is people, which I believe there are, I believe, there's, I believe this message is right now for somebody, for, for more than one. But Lord, for those that are here that do not know you, that have not received you as Lord and Savior, God, today they're, they're, they're feeling a, a move up in their heart and they're trying to feel this stirring and they don't know where it's coming from. And God, they just don't know, even know how to answer. They don't know the words to say. God, Lord, they don't have to. God, we're going to help and we're going to lead them today. But Lord, I pray that as you're stirring their hearts, you're drawing them right now to this old-fashioned altar so that they can once and for all resolve eternity's issue. In Jesus' name, if that's you, make your step right now. Don't hesitate. Don't think about it. Just begin to make your way to the front. Let me give you every opportunity. Today's your day. Somebody's in their pew right now thinking about it. Should I do it? Should I not? Today's your day. Don't hesitate. This is your day. This is your moment. this in my spirit. Let me just say this. There is somebody in your pew and you're wanting to come to the front, but you just can't make yourself do it. You're nervous. You're scared. Maybe physically you're just having trouble. Can I just challenge you? If you'll raise your hand really high, our altar worker will come to you. Just raise your hand real high. If that's you, our altar worker will come to you. Don't miss this opportunity.
praise the Lord. But you know the, God, the Bible's our guidebook for living. And what just happened is according to Scripture, it's behind me. It's a message, and I want you to give you an opportunity to answer it. God is speaking to you. Today's your day. I, I'm not trying to prolong it, but with all my heart, I just really feel like there's a couple of people here today that God is reaching out to and desires that this is your day. And for whatever reason, we're holding back. I get it. I won't keep you much longer, I promise. But I just want to give you every opportunity. Eternity is way too important to cut this short. Today, you can still come. If you're feeling the need, you can still make your way up to the front during this time. But for those who are here and you're part of this church, God is wanting to use you. There are no comfortable seats today. There are no easy seats. There's no cheap seats today. There's no opportunity to sit back and do nothing. God is calling you as a follower of Christ to rise up. He's calling you that in, you would be the voice of, to reach out to this generation. He's not called us to sit back and watch a generation die and go to hell. He's not called us back to sit back and just judge and quietly uh, give our opinion about everything this generation is doing wrong. Our job is to boldly proclaim to this generation the coming of the Lord. And to give them the opportunity to receive Christ. So my prayer for you is that you would do just what we've talked today and that you would be world changers by allowing God to move in your life to help you have a pure and clear understanding of what you believe and that you would spend time. And if you don't, listen, we've given you so many resources. If you need more, we'll get you more resources that you should spend time in the Word. If you need deeper resources, we'll find some and get you deeper resources so that you can really dig in God's Word. But no one's in here has any excuse to do nothing. So here's what I'm doing. I'm going to pray over you, and I'm going to launch you out today that you would be what God's called you to be, great missionaries and evangelists for this area. Father, I just pray right now over everybody. God, Lord, there's none like you, Lord. You're King of kings. You're Lord of lords. And, Lord, I believe today you're challenging our church. You're challenging your church to step up and rise up like never before. I pray today, God. I pray over this group. Lord, that you would touch them from the top of their heads. Lord, having them, Lord, stepping out in full of the Holy Spirit to speak your word with great boldness. Lord, that they might have clarity in what they believe and that they would seek every opportunity to spend time with you. And right now, oh Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness and preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of the Holy Servant, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. Amen and amen. I tell you what, I love you guys. I believe this is the greatest church that God is raising up right now. I'm excited for you to be a part here. I'm going to dismiss you right now, but as I do, shake hands, show the love of Jesus. If you're comfortable, if you're not comfortable, just wave real big. But these altar workers, I'm just going to ask you to stay here just for an extra few minutes in case somebody wants to come to the front.
I don't want, I want to give every opportunity. If you still want to come for prayer, we're going to stay up here for another five minutes and then they're going to be dismissed. But this opportunity is here for you today. Thank you.